I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. It's raining. Raining too much, isn't it, it? It's it's raining cats and dogs. It's pouring down. It's pissing it down. It's absolute. We can't start the podcast. It's, there's torrents of it. It's torrential. We what are we going to do? We would want to put our wet podcast tires on. If if it keeps raining, the podcast's going to need a rolling start. I think what we need to do is be very careful. We don't. We shouldn't trust our ability to podcast in conditions like this. <laughs> What we should do is wait out what's going on. But we've trained to podcast in the rain. But I, even so, I don't want to. And despite the fact that it might have been what people have paid to see and what we're paid to do, I still think that maybe we'd be better set just waiting around for a while. We can't really overtake effectively on our podcast because it's so... Na- and, and maybe the rain outside is what will make this podcast interesting. If only it was Michael Massey. He would have just... He would have sent them out in their swim trunks. <laughs> he would have sent them all out in bikinis. Listen, the FIA have told us that we can't start this podcast until the rain lets up, guys. So what we're going to do is we're just going to review the Monaco Grand Prix while we wait for the rain to let up. We hope that that's okay with you. Be careful, everybody. You can't call something the pinnacle of motorsports. <laughs> it isn't the pinnacle of motorsports, You can't though. call it that. You cannot say it's the jewel in the crown if a tiny bit of drizzle stops the whole thing. I wouldn't put it past the Monaco Grand Prix. To still be boring even if it was raining. <laughs> okay, hang on. I will say it was a pretty good race. Did you think? I thought it was a pretty good race. I found the whole thing. It's like the 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 tail of the Monaco Grand Prix is the same every single time. Everybody who has anything positive to say about Monaco always has a story. Do you remember Mansell and Senna? Yeah. What happened there? Was it that somebody was quite close behind somebody but then didn't manage to overtake them? Yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? No, because that's the story every single race. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow, do you remember how exciting it was when Max Verstappen almost overtook Lewis Hamilton but obviously didn't because you can't because he couldn't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, all of those, those four cars. They were, they were like a, a half a second behind each other for the whole thing. Yeah. And there's just no... It was stupid. I was shouting at the television at the beginning. I was so angry that they wouldn't start the race. Because these drivers, firstly, they want a wet race. They know how to do it. And Lewis is like, you could see him getting horny. 
when he was walking to the car and he was like, oh my God, this is, it's the slop. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mudder. I'm going to do good in the slop. Like he knows that he can climb a, few, a bunch of places in the wet. And then we didn't even get a start to the race. They just, they do a rolling start. Like, that, that sort of protectionist attitude that the FIA had towards the start of the race or whoever it was, had, whoever was making those decisions, that attitude is the same reason. This is what so confused me about the race. Is it's it was Perez and Signs that got an advantage on Max and Charles because the teams were willing to make those decisions or make take those take those chances to go on intermediates quicker mm-hmm. on the second driver mm-hmm. because they didn't want to fuck up the opportunity. They wanted to play it safe with the main driver, not trusting the supposed superior driving skill of the first driver. I mean, what is the fucking point of having the best, two of the best drivers of all time? If you're like, oh no, they might, what if they find it a bit slippy? Fuck them then, they're the second driver. <laughs> Doesn't matter anymore. I-, I wanted Bernie Eccleston to bust down the FIA door with his illegal gun. And point at all of them going, just start. This would never have happened in my day, Liberty Media. <laughs> is it legal? Start the race. <laughs> How funny is it that Bernie Eccleston took a... I totally understand why he took a gun on an airplane. If I had a plane, I'd probably try... I'd take a gun on it, just because... Why not? I'd certainly be using my mobile phone in this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be wearing my seatbelt on takeoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can you put your seatbelt on, please? No, it's my seatbelt. And if I did put my seatbelt on, I'd tuck the gun into the seatbelt. Like a holster, like a cowboy. Mm. So who would be on the plane with you? If I don't. It was your plane? Well, I don't. Could I come? Yeah, sure, you can come. But just so long as you know that if you piss me off, I do have a gun on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the gun? Is it just that he knows Brazil's a bit sketchy? Um, like why was he on an aeroplane? I understand. I understand why he was on his plane with a gun. That bit I make makes sense. But why was he going to Brazil, thinking, okay, listen, I packed my. Um, what is he? What is Bernie Axel probably packs a bowl so that he can cut his hair in that lovely bowl cut, right? His manscaped um, goatee trimmer, like because yeah, yeah, yeah. every man above sixty works. Do you think in he's F1. got a whole manscaped subscription? Do you think he's got the crop reviver ball deodorant, <laughs> things like that? We should be nice about manscaped because they might want to. They won't. Um, they won't. But I think that he's got, you know, he's got his little goatee trimmer. He's got his, uh, his, his, what are those lenses in your sunglasses that change in the sun? Oh, very, very, very yeah. focal. He's got those. Yeah. Like he's a tiny little man. He looks like a kind of, he looks like a tortoise. He's 98 years old and he's fucking supermodels. He's got, yeah, of course I'll take a gun. Like I'll just, that, that wouldn't seem weird to him at all. Got, I'm Bernie Eccleston. I take a gun places. If you showed me headshots next to each other of Rupert Murdoch and Bernie Eccleston and I'd just woken up, my eyesight was blurry, I would think that they were just two testicles. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Their faces hang down like testicles. They'd be, that'd be a good advert for Manscaped. They look like a before and after. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch is after you've used your lawnmower 3.0 and your <laughs> crop reviver ball deodorant. Bernie Eccleston looks like... Um, if the Beatles got old but never changed their style. <laughs> just the first album, they were like, let's just write this look out to death. <laughs> yeah, those he should have those early Beatles photos shoot <laughs> leathers oh on. Oh my God, it would be so good if Bernie Eccleston wore that collarless black suit that yeah, the Beatles yeah. had on the first album. Uh, anyway, okay, so let's get to our... Does it stop raining? I thought it let up for a second, but it's not. It's still very much coming down. Let's do our race review for the... I've got to get the name right, sorry. It's quite a simple one today. Oh, what is it? It's just the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, It's the... uh, Bonjour. 
du Formula One Grand Prix de Monaco 2022 ouais. ou 2022. De. 22. <rire> do we know how to say 2022? Do they say 2022 or do they say 2022? 2022. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Is that how he say it? I guess so, yeah. Tenth place in the Constructors' Championship, Williams, with uh, Nicholas Latifi finishing in... Finishing, though. No? And Alex Albon chunked it. I was singing the, the race results as Ting Tang Walla Walla Bing Bang. Oh, yeah? That's what I was doing during this race. We didn't watch this race together because you were watching Liverpool in Paris. Paris. Sorry, sorry for your loss. That's okay, thanks. Per, Sai, Verlec, Russ, Noor, Allo, Hambot, Bat, Gas, Oka, Rick... Stroll, Lat, Joe, to Alp, Musk, Mag, Persai, Verlec. Musk ruins it. Musk totally ruins he it. He can't have shoe because that was his dad, right? His dad was... But his dad's not racing anymore. Yeah, I know, but he didn't want to... So when it was when Ralph and Mike were doing it, was it Musk and Schur? No, he was RSC, I think. Ralph uh, Schumacher. Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Musk, really, when you're trying to read these out, Alp, they all, they all, Joe, they all sound That's lovely. That's the fun of it, Yeah, yeah, it? but Musk... Musk... It's quite musky. Nicholas Latifi in 15th and Alexander Albon with, with a DNF. A did, a did, he did not finish. He did not finish. Now, credit to Nicholas Latifi because I know that we're all very disappointed that he did finish the race today. Nobody more disappointed than him. But he did have one of the funniest almost crashes <laughs> when they were doing their... You know, because they know they had to do like 77 formation laps today because it was a bit drizzly. <laughs> so... And he, as he was going around that hairpin where your favourite advert is, yeah. um, he just sort of slowly drove into the wall. It, it was, was like he was caricaturing himself. He handled that. When he came on the team radio, Nicholas Latifi sounded like, when my mum backs out of her driveway, and my mum is in her 60s, which means she's earned the right to not look in her rearview mirrors ever again, right? <laughs> When my mum backs out of her driveway and someone nearly hits her, my mum goes, well, I, I, I just, they, I, that came out of, I mean, I don't know what happened there. I don't know. She knows that she's in the wrong, but she talks her way through it, filibusters her way through it, like it wasn't her fault. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what Latifi did. He was like, oh, I don't know what happened there. I just, uh, I, I, I came out of nowhere. <laughs> just drove into the wall. Yeah, I can't get the steering. There's no, there's no, I'm not going to any grip. It's like, yeah, it's wet, it's wet Latifi. <laughs> it's he wet. It's going so slowly. Latifi if he was what I bet you he was the only driver thinking I really hope they cancel this race mm. and we got we we started getting tweets as well from people during the races saying what he's doing as well like someone tweeted me being like oh he's cracking up box sets right now like he's oh, annoyed I think, he was, I think he was really excited about the new Adam McKay Lakers thing <laughs> really excited about it he loves like first person narration and he was watching a little uh, like a, a trailer for it on his phone And then just, <laughs> it's, it, that is such a, it was such a texting while driving crash. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was looking at all the si all the people. Yeah. Being oh, like, wow. Oh this, is, this is beautiful, isn't it? I can't believe this is my race. job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. I must start hiding my money here. Why don't, I, <laughs> why don't I live here? Do you know something like 140 yachts were denied access to the, the port? I don't even know what the words are. The dock, the marina. Uh, yeah, all of those things. Yeah, They're they weren't allowed to berth. Is that right? Berthing? Again, my yacht knowledge is not the best. <laughs> a mother gives birth and a rich man births. Yeah. That's, men have to make themselves feel like that if they can't have babies, they can birth a goddamn super yacht. Imagine the like humbling like that you'd feel if you work your way to a certain position where you can buy one of these. These yachts cost like hundreds, hundreds of millions, of, millions yeah. of pounds. Mm. 
and you get there and you go, I'll just come in, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm rich, I'll do what I want. And they go, no, it's full. What? Like the, the amount of like the indignity <laughs> of it that you'd feel like not being able to get into a club when you think you're... But I've got my ID. Yeah. I've got £20 to pay the entry. It must be humiliating, especially because you've got all your potential second wives yeah, or yeah. third wives on the yacht who are all Instagram. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'll just rock this up in the marina. And someone's like, no, 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 no entry, mate. No entry. And they were all hoping that, oh, yeah, we'll go and look into the marina. And ugh, I'm sure loads of people will be taking photos of the boat, won't they? That'll be annoying. <laughs> ugh, I hate it when people do that. Do you want anyway. another scallop? <laughs> Another scallop. But yeah, Williams with three points. It's like, it's again, it's just, they they are Williams or Williamsing. This is it. They're at the back again. And it's, they're not as bad as they were, but. It's still pretty predictable. We're still kind of going through the motions with them slightly. There they are. It would be good to, I sort of want them to be put out of their misery or like they deserve, they should just have a year off. Go away for a year. Like, think about what you're doing and then come back. Because this is shit. This like, is not working for anybody. Like uh, Glastonbury every four years, they're like, we're just going to yeah, let the grass. the grass. Yeah, yeah, we'll let the cows in <laughs> every year. That's what Williams needs to do. They need to have a year off their festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the grass grow. Let the cows mate or whatever it is they do. And there is actually kind of like quite a Michael and Emily Evis vibe to Frank and Claire Williams. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the Williams... Uh, um, team principal was handing out fruit when they red flagged the race, wasn't he? He was giving people bananas to keep their potassium levels up, like the Sky commentators. It was very cute. That is cute. It is very but cute. But it's also in one of the, like, welcome to the absolute pinnacle of human technology. <laughs> Would you like a banana? Ninth place, Aston Martin, Vettel and Stroll. Stroll finishing 14th, Vettel and 10th. I heard a lot of the drivers say before the race that most of... Like, there's nothing better that you can do in motorsport than qualifying at Monaco. But also, the race is like, well, we did it yesterday. Where we qualified is where we are. Unless something mad happens in pit stops and it all shuffles about a little bit. Seb lost a place from where he qualified. I mean, it's not great for him to qualify in ninth and finish in tenth on a track where no one can overtake. That's not great. No, I know, but there was so much, like, I think any places that were lost or gained, apart from, we'll get to it, but... Any places lost and gained were lost and gained because of strategy, not because of the driver themselves. Yeah, it was a bad start for Stroll as well. He 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 crashed on the formation lap as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad day for Canadians, which is, you'd think that they'd be good in the wet. Yeah. I get it. I get it for Stroll because you know what's happening in Monaco is that his dad brings the yacht in and you know who's on that yacht. I know who's on the yacht. And Lance has to spend the whole weekend watching his stepmom in a bikini and a, and just one of her, his dad's white business shirts with the sleeves rolled up. And she's just frolicking around the yacht. And she got a couple of friends with her mm. and they start to flirt with Lance a little bit and he couldn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's only got oh eyes God, for mummy. This is my sister and this is my best friend from school. I couldn't give a shit. I've just only got eyes for you. And she's just looking at him going, hey, why don't we make spicy margaritas? And Lance is just, he's like, I have to excuse myself. <laughs> Lance has to keep, I'm just going to go to my room. I'm just going to go to my room. She's like, Lance, um, uh, you've run out of tube socks. <laughs> also, I bet she's a tall woman. Oh, of course she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course she is. She must be a tall She must tall tower woman over him. With athletic kind of musculature in her kind of uh, frame. Oh, big, tall mummy. Big, tall mama. And, but she's not your mama. And it just, oh, she comes in his room in the morning. She's like, she's got a toast in her mouth. 
you know, <laughs> slice, of, slice of hot buttered toast in her mouth. She's carrying a tray, which normally the servants do, but she makes a point to go into Lance's bedroom. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you what Lance, Lance's stepmom does when she enters the bedroom on, on the yacht. The speed at which she knocks and opens the door, very quick, very quick. <laughs> she doesn't want to give Lance a chance to cover up whatever it is he might be doing in the yacht. Knock, knock, open the oh, door. Oh, sorry. Oh, hey, I just thought I'd bring you a little, uh, a little breakfast, a little croissant, some hot coffee. I got the pulp out the juice, just mm. like you like. You like passion fruit? Let me give you a mouthful. And she spoons. Oh no! She spoons a, a mouthful of fresh passion Let me fruit. Give you a mouth. Into Lance Stroll's mouth, and he's like, mm, mm, just has to make that awkward eye contact. Mm, mm, mm. You excited for the race today? Uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll go out there, uh, try to give it our best. You gonna uh, win for your daddy? Uh, yeah, you know, my my dad. You know, let's not forget how many people he saved from unemployment when uh, Force India, you know, went into. Uh, uh, Administration. Yeah. <laughs> what are these? All these tube socks stuck to the wall, Lance. Fucking hell. So no wonder I do not blame Lance Stroll for finishing fifteenth. It was a tough weekend for him. It was a very tough weekend. God it's, love it's, him. It's, it's it's his toughest weekend of the year. <laughs> Eighth place, Haas. Magnuson Schumacher, Schumacher managing to dislocate his car. He split his car in half. Is there? A, is that okay? That. Feels like I've seen the Haas car in too many pieces in the last few years. There's something about Haas. Yeah. And it's it doesn't feel... If I was driving it, I would be looking at the past thinking, something tells me that this isn't the most robust motor vehicle in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. But isn't it... It's supposed to break in half, isn't it? A safer. Uh, I mean... I mean, it's not supposed to break in <laughs> half. <laughs> He's not the only one who got his race right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a tough one with with Mick because you know you God love him and like he's out there to he's got so much to prove. He's standing on the under on the shoulder or under the shoulder of a giant, you know, he's Well, got, I think he'd like to be standing on the shoulder, but he's standing under the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, and like and everyone loves him. And here's the other thing, you know, we'll get to, you know, other other drivers shortly, but like there are drivers, you know, massively underperforming who aren't under the scrutiny of other drivers at the moment who are getting a lot of heat as to as to what their performance results are. And Mick is, you know, that has is again, like it's not a competitive car in the way that the other ones are. It started the season competitively, but all the other big teams with all the money have all decided they they've caught up a lot quicker and they've and they've surpassed being in the midfield, which is kind of where all the cars started. All the big teams figured out their problems much quicker. Yeah, but also they've been spending so much money on upgrade packages that Haas just can't afford. Well, you know, um, Christian Horner, Matteo Bonotto and Andrew Shovlin, um, they want the cap adjusted. They said they want the cap adjusted because basically everyone's energy prices has got, have gone up. Yeah. And Horner, and Horner just went, yeah, you know, it's really tough for my mum and her energy bills, which is why Red Bull needs 10 million more pounds a week. If the world is currently suffering or people who listen to the show outside of England, energy prices have, all, have more than doubled in this country, right? Everything is... The expense level in this country, the rental market, everything's mad. Don't think it's great everywhere else either, to be fair. I just think we should let them suffer as well. We can't go, yeah, yeah, sure, have another 100 million. Of course. But they said it was... Oh, you've got to heat your motorhomes, have 100 million pounds. But Christian Horner tried to make it sound like he was being sort of magnanimous and charitable by going, I think there are a lot of teams here who won't finish the season um, if we don't all get millions more pounds to spend. (laughs) 
Alfa Romeo, like uh, Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo. Fred, Fred Vasseur, which is two names that should not sit together. Fred Vasseur. Tony Eiffeltower. They don't work <laughs> as words together. Frédéric Vasseur said the best solution is to switch off the wind tunnel and stop bringing developments every race. We can all do that. Which is such a great response. I just think if we're... Like, everybody always says our oh, development is such a big part of the sport. Okay, well then let us watch. Yeah. Like if, if I... I've got a new... I've got a new... Like a rear wing uh, the power unit's been upgraded well great but let us see how you got there mm-hmm. oh we've made slight adjustments to the you know the the unit on the side what you call it have that like a rolling soap opera yeah. or put all the teams in separate like big brother houses where they have to under watch of camera uh, <laughs> develop the car all separately and we'll watch how they're going compare and contrast and then that you, you mic them all up yeah. Let me see. I mean, two DNFs, that's a horrible end for their for their race. However, very funny that Conor McGregor was there and they went up to him in the paddock and they were like, who do you? And he was like, you know, I've got my money on Haas this weekend. They've got an iconic, you know, heritage with, with Schumacher. They're getting great results. I think I'm putting my money on Haas to win. And everyone watching was like, what are you talking about? He Obviously. feels like such a deeply... Un- and he was... Everything that he... Like, money... And greed at the expense of absolutely everything <laughs> is like what he is an emblem of and also what Monaco suggests to me when I see it. Like it's one of these people that you could be talking to at a bar and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to turn around to just to say goodbye to your mate. You go, yeah, see you later. And then you turn back around and Connor's already hitting somebody in the head. <laughs> won't you? What Conor McGregor should have done is quoted himself when they went, how do you think Haas are going to do? He should have just quoted his own thing when he just gone, they'll do nothing. They'll do fucking nothing. You'll do fucking <laughs> nothing. And then there was that girl, the poor girl from, from uh, Bridgerton, or um, whatever that show is, who like Brundle on the grid walk, there's always that celebrity. Who's rude to Martin. I know that her PA was like, she's not doing interviews. And these these celebrities, they don't really understand what they're getting into. Here's the thing. When you accept a VIP pass to walk up and down the paddock at Monaco, you are in the 0.0000001% of what everyone who loves Formula One would give their life to be able to do, to walk up and down that paddock, see the teams prepping the cars, see the drivers getting in the cars, see the glamour, the glitz, the celebrity, see the jewel in the crown. But what you give away is you have to do an interview when someone comes up to you. But what I don't understand is who at Formula One is giving out these passes. And not telling them. And not telling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, do you want your, we've sorted um, Camilla Cabero's pass for uh, Miami or whatever's happening. Okay, anything else you should know? No. No, just... No. Some some bloke in uh, <laughs> might be some guy. There might be some guy dressed head to toe in T M Lewin, uh, like who's kind of a bit awkward, nice kind of nice uncle kind of booze face. Uh, if your dad's friend, whose wife just left him, shows up with a microphone, <laughs> um, how are we feeling about the race? I love Martin Brundle. I love the grid walk, but we need to start giving these celebs. But he just—I've never seen anybody look less like a celebrity. I, if you are, if you're Camilla Cabero, if you're, you know, Conor McGregor or whatever, Martin Brundle, you know, comes up to you, starts talking, you're going to go, fuck is the runner doing talking to you? <laughs> why is this, why is this kind of like stage hand talking to me about the race? It was... I don't know you. I felt so bad for that girl because she probably checked her Twitter 
10 minutes later and was like, oh my God, wow, I can't believe being here is causing this much of a stir. Well, this is such a good, uh, my social presence is, and then just pressing the the update button and going, oh shit. Oh, they hate me. She, you don't know what you're, as soon as you say no, you're getting 10,000 tweets of people going, I'm, I don't know, I don't know who you are, but I'm never watching Bridgerton. Don't know what this girl's attitude problem is. And like the poor girl, no one told her. Here it we go. just isn't her fault. It is, it is an organisational catastrophe. Let's do an interview right now. You're Brundle. I'm a celebrity who is in um, a big hit and epic show. I know nothing about F1. All right? You come up to me. Hello. Um, uh, I'm going to speak to you a second. Uh, you, uh, um, you're, uh, you're excited about the race today? Yeah, it's just such a pleasure to be here. All the glitz and glamour. You know, this really is the pinnacle of motorsports. And I really think Monaco is the jewel and the crown of Formula One. And just whatever weather happens, whatever whatever, whatever the weather, they go out and they race. They go out and they race because they're trained to do it. Whatever, whatever, come rain, come shine, they're going to go out there, they're going to give it their all. And uh, uh, who, who, are you, uh, who, are you, who are you cheering for today? Well, I'm here with Alfa Romeo. So I think Alfa Romeo will probably win the race. I think that <laughs> because they gave me my ticket and I'm standing above their garage during the race, I think there's a very strong chance that Zhou Guan Yu could win the Monaco Grand Prix. Fair enough. Well, but Bruno Mars there. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even cover Alpha Tauri there. 17 points. Tsunoda, Gasly. Gasly providing much of the entertainment of this race with some very punchy overtakes. Monaco... <laughs> with the only overtakes. Yeah, yeah. This is the first Monaco Grand Prix where he didn't finish in the points. So he would have been deeply annoyed with his, oh, with his, with he his would have results been, there. He would have been angrily flexing in the mirror after the race, wouldn't he? Now let's get into it. Sixth place, 40 points. Alpine, ma copine, promopine, Ocon and Alonso, let's get into whatever the catastrophe was. Firstly, with Esteban Ocon, he gets a five-second penalty for driving into Lewis Hamilton and then says on the team radio, well, he drove into me and we get the penalty. It's like he must have watched that back and gone, no, yeah, 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 actually. It was really fun. So when they were dueling, the commentator said, uh, Ocon here's really got his elbows out. But mate, if there's one place you don't, (laughs) he's literally just driving around. There's no room to get, if he got his elbows out, they'd be grazed on the sides of the, on the sides of the track. There is no room to do fucking anything here. It's, it's, like, like these poor bastards all employed to talk about the race trying to kind of drum up a bit of excitement like they might actually see an overtake like everybody when Gasly took Ricardo, dropped a fucking bollock yeah. like they couldn't believe they'd seen an overtake surely surely if when we're like talking about renewing the Monaco like contract for however many years you have to look at how insane all the commentators thought it was when they saw an overtake <laughs> Like, the width of a Formula 1 car is, as we established last week, is um, one lying down Peter Crouch. Yes, a horizontal Peter Crouch. Plus, Peter Crouch is actually one centimetre longer than an F1 car. Is he? Yes. He's 201, is he? He's 201, yeah. Oh, wow. And they can't race on these circuits where that's... You can't have two Peter Crouches. If you lay down two Peter Crouches in that tunnel... I don't even know if you could lay down two Peter Crouches in that tunnel. I'm trying to imagine two laying down Peter Crouches. Maybe after a... Maybe after a hard night at the casino, we might get to see him and an equally tall friend. Ocon 12th and then 7th for Alonso, which 7th is a great result for Alonso. But oh my God, what was he thinking? What was he doing holding up the entire pack of cars, going three seconds off the pace per lap for about 400 laps? 
There was a point where it was like between him and Norris, there was about eight minutes between them. It was insane. I think if we're going to have like these old drivers, these old kind of heroes of the past, you sort of need to make sure when you give them their contract to race for you that they haven't reached fuck it age. <laughs> and there was no greater example of somebody having reached, yeah, fuck it, I'm a world champion and I'm driving a car. Like, just shut up. And also, I think Alonso, and I sort of, if I, if you were to ask me before the race who I thought the most satirical driver was going to be... <laughs> I'm not sure I would have picked Fernando Alonso, but he was taking the piss out of the track. Yeah, he was, and it's and that's funny. It is, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. really it funny. Is really funny. I, and I really had a lot of time from going. Look, if you're not going to put us on a fucking racetrack, I'm not going to race. Yeah, I'm just going to drive around. Like, wasn't there one year where Ricardo kind of like his the bottom of his car fell out yeah. and he still won it? Yeah, like it's a stupid track. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I feel like every single team we review now, we go back to the fact that Monaco is a stupid place to have a race. Brundle needs to figure out who, because whenever he talks about either Seb or Lewis. Or Alonso. He calls them a wily old campaigner. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, about, that's Alonso there, on the wily old campaigner, as he takes turns. Mm. I'm like, just which one of them? They can't all be wily old campaigners. Well, who is a wily old... I don't even know what that means. Wise uh, and able to use smarts uh, against the sort of sheer athletic ability of the uh, younger, hungrier drivers. Yeah, he's making decisions that I personally don't understand but he certainly seems confident <laughs> okay let me ask you this what did fernando alonso do after the race i think alonso's the sort of person that like every single place on the f1 calendar uh there is a restaurant there and all the people who work there know him and he goes there and he's oh my god fernando and he's like he claps hands with them and sits down and he goes it's full but i got you the table out you know i knew i, I thought you would come here today and uh, he'll take a couple of mates and have uh, have a couple of bottles of beer. He definitely drinks bottled beer. Oh, do you think he's got that like um, Tinder thing where you can change the like your geolocation before you get there? No, I don't. I think that what, <laughs> I think what he does is he'll go to that restaurant Monaco last year, notice the twenty two year old waitress, and be like, "Oh yeah, really nice to meet you." But never chase it up. But just leave that spark of him in her mind. And then when he goes back after the race this year and he's finished in seventh place and he sat there and he orders a carbonara and he, and then at the end of the night, he's like, oh, it's such a shame you guys are closing. I'm just sort of, I don't really want to go home. I'm kind of just in the mood to have a, do you want to come have a drink? Do you fancy a drink on my, on my super yacht? I've birthed it. Do you want to come and have a drink with me? <laughs> I've got a nice grappa if you fancy it. Like the opposite of the flight attendant. What's the flight attendant? She's got a bloke in every city she yeah, kind of flies I think, to. I think that it's that. I think yeah, that he yeah. has a woman in every port. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he has a little kind of moleskin that he keeps everybody's name and numbers in? Yeah, yeah. It's in something that you can burn. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, does, yeah. There's no digital footprint. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely yeah. not. And he's a wily old campaigner, so he's more comfortable with a book. Uh, fifth place, Alfa Romeo, Joe Guanyu, Bottas. I mean, the biggest part of Bottas this weekend, I didn't see any coverage of him. Time for smacky but but the the so Monaco have um it's the only race where they have Monaco has its own race television director. Did you know that? So the I didn't know that the AMC the uh, Automobile Monaco Club or whatever it's called they own everything that happens in Monaco. So when it's the historic race, all the stuff that happens in Monaco, they have their own team who do it. 
and they have their own race director. It's the only race of the season that the Monaco TV director gets to direct. And you can kind of see it because it's he kind of sucks at it. Like yeah. I, much of the racing, racing, quote unquote, was missed. I didn't see most of the drivers for the majority of the race. And um, I mean, Bottas, the most famous part of Bottas' weekend was that he gave Lewis a picture of him with his rear naked end out. And I didn't get to see the rear end of Bottas's car once during the race. I saw his I saw his actual rear end quite a lot. God bless him. He's got a nice bum. He does have a really nice bum. He's got quite a pert little bot bot. He does have a bot bot, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He's yeah, got he a does. nice little peach. You, it's a peach. You tap it. Wouldn't yeah, you, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. smack it, you tap it. It's the kind of bum in the shower after the game where you do your towel really tight whoosh, and do a whip. Mm. And you'd whip it and he'd go, <laughs> but you'd be he, like, he'd laugh because he knew that that means somebody's acknowledged his bum. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah, proud yeah. of it. Yeah. Do you have one of those sort of like, you don't really have a bum, you just have a back with an yeah, anus in exactly. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, which is how I imagine all the drivers were looking at Alonso as he was going around the track. <laughs> um, but yeah, Zhou Guan Yu, I mean, tried that overtake on the chicane, didn't he? And then said that he needed new pants. That was great. He's got it. He's got He, he, he. Would be great on this podcast. Yeah. Because he's got the right blend of naughty kind of butt humour and Formula One acumen. Yeah. He probably has more Formula One acumen than us. Probably. But we're probably better at poo jokes. Now, in fourth place, McLaren, Norris, Ricardo, um, Norris in fifth, Ricardo in 13th. Yeah, heeks. I mean, Norris really having a very lonely race while poor Daniel has to reckon with. He wrote F-E-A on his helmet, didn't he? before the race and Sharpie so it showed on the cam which meant fuck them all you know that thing that um, girlfriends often accuse boyfriends of doing of like just being like horrible and off until because they don't have the confidence to break up with the girlfriend themselves so they're just like off with her until she breaks up with them (laughs) I feel like that's what McLaren are doing to Daniel Ricciardo (laughs) all of our drivers Lando Norris and Lando Norris you mean Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo um yeah anyway um like they're not that nobody seems very interested in him at all i think people surely have to remember that he is a good like he's a great driver it's not even just a good driver mercedes third place hamilton russell 134 points uh, russell fifth again uh, lewis hamilton said uh, before the monaco grand prix that his monaco helmet um, was a inspired by my favorite crystal amethyst which has protective healing qualities and then halfway through the race he changed helmets <laughs> so let's let's get to the bottom why do you think he changed it i i, I can't i can't I, it, to me it's mindset he was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put my old helmet i was on. serious answer okay <laughs> he was like, i'm gonna put my helmet on i go uh, this is uh, old-fashioned lewis hamilton i'm gonna show them how that how i race put my yellows on i love senna i'm in monaco and then he just gets stuck behind alonso for a hundred laps <laughs> it didn't it used to be a hundred laps young the Monaco yeah the Monaco Grand Prix used to last like nine days George Russell would have had to be Mr. Tuesday well that's the thing is it maybe <laughs> Formula One is like you know when it snows half an inch in England and all the airports shut yeah rain is that to Formula One but it never used to be do they stop IndyCar or NASCAR when it's raining? I, I, I couldn't tell you that I've ever seen or could even really identify a NASCAR or an Indy 500 hard. Marcus Ericsson won the Indy 500 this week. I know. That just shows how hard Formula One is. That yeah, Ma- yeah, yeah. That Marcus Ericsson, yeah, yeah. he gets, he's, gets kicked out of Formula One and then he wins the Indy 500. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the photo of him on the podium? Uh, no. Instead of champagne, he's got a bottle of milk. 
So there's obviously like a milk sponsor. In that heat, wherever you are in America, that's absolutely disgusting. That's going to be curdling. And he shakes up this bottle of milk and then just and then just he gives himself a facial. I hope he got an extra kickback from the sponsors for that. That is a wit. Let me hang on. Let me let me read out what the bottle said as well. Hang on. American Dairy Association, Indiana, and then the bottle says, "Winners drink milk." <laughs> Christ. Why is he throwing milk over himself? Because he's been paid. Like, this, the sponsors had a big word with him before that and went, mate, you're going to have to... He's really buying into it, though, isn't he? He's really... Oh, look at him. He's, he looks like he's gaining sexual pleasure from it. He does, actually. I think maybe just relieved to have kind of both finished and won a race. Also, what if you're a vegan, which a lot of these drivers are? What's uh... Lewis Hamilton going to do when he gets to Indy 500 and he wins a race? And they go, OK, can you throw a... This bottle of hot milk on you, please. He'll probably do the press conference like drinking oatly straight from the carton. Like, he's always wants to make a point. I'm a vegan man, so uh, <laughs> I'm just drinking my oatly. Um, second place, Ferrari, Sainz, Leclerc. What an absolute ball bag of a weekend for them. I mean, great, Sainz is on the podium. But to go from first place to fourth place. You know, Sainz looked so racy. He did, You know what? They did look very so racy. racy. So racy this weekend. If, if you back Leclerc to be one of the best drivers in the world, which he is, he was, I mean, he got further ahead than, like, in the first 20-some laps, whatever it was. He was, how long? Four minutes yeah. ahead of uh, fucking um, uh, Carlos Sainz? Yeah. I mean, insane. Four seconds, obviously. If they'd have kept that train going and Leclerc would have just kept out in front, he would have eventually have been held up by Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good. Every team would have had to get on and be like, Alonso, can you just pull over and let them, like a tractor in the countryside, can you just pull over and let everyone pass, please? He's just waving and blowing everybody kisses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> looking, he's looking for that girl he's on past hinge. the restaurant in the, uh, <laughs> in the crowd. Hey, where is this woman? Oh, what a catastrophic cock-up for Ferrari this weekend. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, Leclerc must be getting so frustrated now because they are just fucking him. All, not, I mean, I know that the car was unlucky to just like fail, but of all the people whose fault that is, is not Charles Leclerc. Do you think at his age, when you finish a race in fourth and you drive for Ferrari and you're 23 years old and you look like a, a, a Paco Rabanne supermodel... Mm -hmm and you're a millionaire, and you're a monogasque, and it's your home race. Do you think at any point in the weekend, he actually just went, you know what, everything's actually fine. <laughs> he doesn't sound as angry with the team as the other ones do. No. Like he, I mean, he was screaming during the race. During the race, he went a bit mental, but... What the fuck? What the fuck? No, 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 it was just... Doot, yeah. doot, doot. That's all that you could hear when he started talking. But at the end of the race, he went, um, obviously, you know, that wasn't... Great, we need to talk about that. That can't happen again. Yeah. Anyway. I love I love my team. Yeah, Perez had changed his tune, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh my god, when Perez So first place, obviously, Red Bull uh with a one three finish. Um Perez in first place, obviously, Verstappen in second place, which means that Verstappen's still leading the championship. And really Charles Leclerc should have lev like leveled the playing field this weekend. Yeah, it was right? an opportunity for him to do that. And, and Red Bull really have sunk their teeth into Ferrari's inability to strategize properly. Mm. And, and it's been Ferrari's problem for as long as I've been watching Formula One. Horner said after the race, it's it's Perez's championship just as much as it is Max's. Yeah. And I feel like he then called Max and went, I only just say so you know. That's just fucking bullshit. Hey, 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 Paul Simon, hey, listen, I just want you to know I just said something in the interview. I didn't mean it. 
didn't mean it. I just, I just want you to know that you're still my number one guy. You're still, hey, you're still my number one guy. You're still my number one guy. You come around Monday for jacuzzi time. Come around Monday, play some <laughs> tennis, have a jacuzzi together. Who's my boy? Who's my big boy? <laughs> the way that Horner, he, Horner pushed one of the Sky commentators into the pool after the race, the Red Bull pool. But watch it. The aggression that he did it with. There's, I saw the real Horner. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, oh, that's a funny joke. No, 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 no. There no. was, re- I know that the commentator probably went, hey, jokingly push me in. And Horner was like, all right, you dick. But I guarantee you the guy's ribs were hurting after the, after he got pushed into the pool. Horner belted him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We suddenly see his, his short kind of violence mechanism and it, it was, switch. It was really touching to see Perez on the post. Like, that meant, I couldn't think of a better driver. It's a shame when Red Bull win like this because obviously you don't want the winner to get such a a lot a large points gap that that the championship becomes uninteresting. But it was impossible to not be moved by Perez on that podium, and even signs like slapping his bum on the podium with his hat. Like you you could see Carlos clocking, and you you, you see a lot of the human being that Carlos signs is when Perez is on that podium, and signs sees how much it's affecting him. People love Checo. Yeah, and there's and he he seems so likable. He's got a gorgeous little kind of cuddly kind of bear face. I would give anything at this point. Here's the thing, Checo. All Formula One merch sales, Checo makes a third of a third of all Formula One merch sales is just Checo. He is worth so much in Mexico. He's a god there. Everyone loves him. I really hope the next time that they go, uh, um, Checo, can you uh, get up position to Max, please? He's got a little pace, and you just hear that. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. Not today. Not today. What, what was Lewis's one? I don't have any interest in doing that. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got good paces. I'm pretty comfortable where I am. When he wouldn't give up to Rosberg yeah, yeah. in the duel in the desert. No, no. I'm pretty comfortable where I am. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. All, all told, I thought uh, genuinely a, a pretty interesting race. Well, it was certainly quite a good. Uh, you know, from from lap eighteen to lap sort of twenty four, it was really good, uh, and it was very exciting. Even if I was watching it. Uh, in the uh, Charles de Bollocks uh, train station in Paris in a huge queue with loads of depressed scousers uh, holding my iPad up, tethering it to my phone, hemorrhaging money and, and data battery, yeah. and battery, uh, w- hoping that I got onto the train by the time so I could plug my iPad in, which I did just. I was watching it, but also I had it open from when the race was meant to start. So I watched an oh. hour's worth of rain in a queue. You just feel your iPad heating up and as well. The whole thing. I even put it through the... Um, like I, I put it like open, my iPad open, because I was worried about losing it, through the security kind of x-ray machine. And then picked it up on the other side, started watching it again. So I only <laughs> lost those five seconds. Um, I noticed the sponsor, um, who I've seen every year um, for a long time, on the corner of Turn 7. And every week I try and name an F1 sponsor who we don't know what they do. So there's a company called OnlyYacht.com who have a tiny little budget banner on the corner of Turn 7 of the Grand Prix. And uh, any guesses as to what OnlyYacht.com do, Alfie? Is it a streaming service for people who are sexually aroused by yachts? Where you go on and you see pictures <laughs> of yachts. Hey, you should like and subscribe on my only yachts. <laughs> it's only fans for millionaires. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, if you like the way I erected that sail, mm. you can subscribe now for exclusive footage on onlyyacht.com. It's super yacht insurance. I went on the website. Again, 
Again, with all of these companies that are like offshoring their money by making these fake companies, onlyyacht.com, a sponsor of the Formula One Monaco 2022 Grand Prix, the website's unusable. But because no rich people don't log on to websites to insure their super yachts, do they? They have somebody, like an, an abused person in their employment like (laughs) like, wipes the tears away from their eyes after being screamed at and call up whoever owns super yacht insurance and say i'd like to insure the super yacht like when a super yacht's insurance gets renewed the person who owns the super yacht doesn't find out it's got (laughs) nothing to do with whoever owns the super yacht it's just fucking somebody it's somebody crying's job absolute madness anyway this has been Unfortunately, we weren't able to bring you the Dirty Air podcast this week. rained off this week. My name is Josh Weller. And my name is Alfie Brown. And this was... The Dirty Air Podcast. Bye. I was able to do that very well this week because I've lost my voice screaming at Liverpool Football Club. It's raining!